Welcome to the EMSO Talks podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, another edition of uh, EMSO Talks. Uh, I am Patrick Esteruelas, Global Head of Research at EMSO Asset Management, um, and I'm uh, here joined by my esteemed colleague, Ivailo Veselinov, um, our uh, you know, Chief Strategist and uh, uh, also Senior uh, you know, senior Economist and Strategist. Um, we have just uh, you know, come back from... Um, uh, a full set of meetings uh, in uh, Washington, D.C., um, uh, where the mood was uh, somber, um, despite the fact that um, it felt very much like uh, a high school reunion, uh, you know, post-pandemic with, uh, you know, all policymakers and market participants uh, uh, once again, uh, you know, together, uh, you know, packing as many conference rooms as possible uh, all throughout the city. Um, uh, seeing everybody, of course, uh, you know, was uh, extremely exciting, but that's, uh, you know, pretty much where the positive vibes uh, ended. Um, uh, all in all, um, everybody went into the meetings, uh, you know, with, I think, uh, a relatively bearish, you know, set of expectations. Uh, and unfortunately, I think everybody left the meetings, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, very much the same bearish set of expectations, uh, you know, baked into their thinking. Um, why was the mood so somber? Um, a number of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, um, um, the, you know, overall, you know, perception, uh, you know, is that uh, uh, the worst is yet to come uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the overall global growth dynamics. Um, uh, with um, uh, a hot debate, uh, you know, as to whether the U.S. Uh, you know will in fact experience a soft landing or a hard landing, uh, but much less debate, uh, you know, over the uh, you know possibility that we are going to see further downside risk to growth, uh, both in the uh, eurozone uh, and China, uh, you know, which um, uh, you know should bring uh, you know overall global growth estimates, um, uh, you know, much lower, uh, you know, going into next year, um, you know, potentially. Um, you know, well below the uh, 2.7% global growth, uh, you know, forecast that the IMF produced uh, in its latest uh, World Economic Outlook uh, shortly before the uh, meetings uh, kick-started last week. Uh, in Europe, uh, you know, the uh, you know, overall uh, you know, perception uh, is that um, uh, as much as uh, European member states, uh, you know, have um, filled up the, uh, you know, gas, you know, caverns uh, and uh, should be able to Avoid, you know, the possibility of, uh, uh, you know, disorderly, uh, uh, you know, rationing, uh, you know, fueled, uh, you know, recession. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, an overall, you know, recession, you know, seems very much unavoidable uh, with, uh, you know, question marks uh, over, uh, you know, how Europe is going to fare um, uh, in during the, uh, you know, second half uh, of the winter season um, and into February and March uh, when, um, you know, gas inventories will once again uh, look very sharply depleted with, uh, you know, question marks uh, over exactly what Europe's diversified energy matrix will look like, um, uh, you know, since, you um, um, uh, it is uh, pretty much a given uh, that uh, you know Russian gas flows will no longer be going into the European market um, uh, come what may. Um, uh, the uh, you know, overall consensus was also that um, you know China uh, you know is uh, you know likely to um, very much surprise uh, you know to the downside um, uh, with uh, you know policy signaling uh, you know out of uh, you know China's party congress um, uh, you know suggesting that um, you know the Chinese authorities uh, you know will continue to embrace uh, you know policy continuity and by that I mean. Uh, you know, a, a policy mix uh, that will, um, you know, embrace, uh, you know, 
on prosperity, uh, over growth at all costs. Uh, you know, we'll continue to, uh, you know, I think impose tight regulatory constraints, uh, and uh, and we'll also uh, very slowly, uh, you know, and gingerly, uh, you know, move out of its, uh, you know, zero, uh, you know, COVID, uh, you know, policy mix uh, uh, until and unless, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, higher levels of inoculation uh, and um, uh, uh, indigenous, um, uh, you know, vaccines. Uh, that will provide, uh, you know, greater protection against, uh, you know, Omicron and its, uh, you know, many subvariants, which, uh, you know, probably mean uh, that, uh, you know, Chinese, uh, you know, reopening will have to wait until um, uh, we are, you know, well into, uh, you know, Q1 uh, of, uh, you know, next year. Um, uh, the uh, you know market participants uh, and policymakers alike um, you know continue uh, you know to uh, you know have serious question marks uh, you know over uh, the uh, you know future trajectory of inflation uh, and uh, you know whether um, you know central bank you know models and forecasts uh, you know continue to have any validity. As a result, unfortunately, um, you know, we left with the distinct impression uh, that uh, you know, central banks will be calibrating policy, you know, based on uh, backward-looking data. Um, you know, by that, uh, you know, I mean that um, uh, uh, you know, central banks like the uh, Federal Reserve, uh, you know, will wait until we see, you know, a clear break uh, in realized inflation, uh, you know, before they are comfortable, uh, you know, pivoting to a uh, you know slower pace of hikes. Um, of course, uh, you know, while we were there. Um, you know the um, uh, U.S. Uh, you know released its uh, you know latest CPI report. I mean, which uh, you know poured a, a big fat jug of cold water. Um, you know over you know all participants in uh, Washington D.C. Uh, you know, and I think, um, you know, dampen expectations that we could see, um, you know, a move, um, uh, you know, down, um, you know, to a, a 50-bit pace, uh, you know, as early as, uh, you know, the uh, December meeting uh, of, uh, you know, this year. So, uh, in a context, I mean, where, you know, global growth risks uh, are skewed to the downside, uh, uh, you know, where, you know, monetary policy, uh, you know, appears to be effectively flying blind and uh, relying on backward looking data that you know, may or may not break, you know, sooner than, uh, you know, people think. Uh, and um, with, uh, you know, China, uh, you know, I think very much, you know, sticking to its current playbook uh, and with, um, uh, you know, a healthy degree of, uh, you know, geopolitical uncertainty, um, you know, whether it be uh, in the shape of, um, uh, you know, uh, the continued deterioration uh, in U.S.-China relations uh, or the, uh, you know, limited prospects of seeing a near-term resolution uh, in a, in a Russia-Ukraine conflict, um, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, Russia, you know, appears to be very much hitting the limits of its conventional warfare, um, um, but, um, uh, you know, clearly very invested um, uh, in, uh, you know, prosecuting a war, uh, you know, that at least for the moment uh, doesn't appear to have, uh, uh, you know, an imminent end. Um, you know, the, um, you know, overall, uh, you know, outlook again, uh, you know, was uh, not particularly optimistic. Um, so with that, um, you know, very jolly set of notes, um, you know, let me pass it over to Ivailo, um, you know, to, uh, you know, comment on uh, the opportunity set within EM, uh, you know, as we saw it. And um, uh, in particular, if we are to see any silver linings, uh, you know, where do we see, uh, you know, opportunities for monetary policy pivots uh, in, uh, you know, countries within the emerging market asset pace that were, uh, you know, first and most aggressive uh, in hiking policy rates early last year and perhaps, you know, could be in a position to be front-loading uh, the, uh, you know, monetary policy pivots uh, that we uh, see as elusive uh, in advanced economies. 
Thank you very much, Patrick. Uh, yes, I fully agree with your takeaways in terms of the overall sentiment from, from Washington. I think one uh, bank summarized it uh, very well. Uh, from their point of view, they had organized uh, 100 meetings uh, for 300 investors, and there was one single sentiment uh, everybody walked out with, and that was uh, essentially a very gloomy outlook for uh, for next year. Um, I think with respect to the outlook for uh, emerging market central banks and monetary policy, uh, we are approaching a very interesting stage of the economic cycle. Uh, uh, where some central banks are starting to signal a potential pivot. Uh, they're trying to shift focus away from uh, the upside risk to inflation to the downside risk to growth. Um, and of course, the stories are becoming much more idiosyncratic, uh, much more dependent on uh, domestic fundamentals. But there are clear global trends that are still uh, dominating investors' uh, thinking at this stage of the cycle, at least. Uh, for me, in terms of the sort of global setup, before I go into the individual countries, um, I would suggest uh, there were sort of three top uh, takeaways um, that I walked away with at least. Uh, number one, of course, uh, was that uh, inflation remains the absolute priority for global central banks. Uh, this is the number one challenge. Uh, it was very, very clear from uh, Fed, ECB uh, and other central bank officials that um, there will be no compromises uh, in the coming months. Uh, as one uh, former Fed official put it, uh, the Fed is not your friend at this stage of the cycle. The policy goal at the moment is to keep financial conditions tight. Uh, and it clearly is not going to be helpful when it comes to uh, emerging market uh, sentiment uh, in the near term. Um, the second takeaway was that um, there had been some hopes for policy coordination, but these seem to be premature. Uh, we're almost experiencing a, a, a reverse Goldilocks type of situation where the economic outlook is, is difficult for next year, but uh, not to the extent that uh, it could trigger a coordinated policy response across the globe. Um, we did have some comments to that effect from U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, and ECB President Christine Lagarde. Um, we also had a mention in the G7 statement of uh, cross-country spillovers, but essentially uh, uh, there is nothing tangible. Uh, there was no explicit mention of the dollar. And as such, I think you know this theme of a strong dollar a narrative will, will continue uh, in the months ahead, which is also a, a major challenge for uh, EM central banks uh, in the short term. Um, and then the third uh, takeaway for me was that um, there's quite a nuanced and interesting view on, on the fiscal outlook for, for, for most economies. Um, the current narrative is clearly that um, uh, we have to make sure that fiscal and monetary policies are not pulling in opposite directions. Um, and any fiscal stimulus uh, aimed at alleviating some of the uh, current economic pain from the global energy crisis and from elevated inflation is, is very targeted, uh, very temporary. Uh, but um, one can imagine scenarios uh, developing into the winter period and beyond into next year, uh, where some of these downside risks to growth start to materialize. Uh, of course, political uh, pressures are likely to uh, generate, uh, you know, a different outlook for next year, and we might have to uh, consider um, uh, somewhat uh, deteriorating fiscal outlooks and, and outlooks for debt sustainability for some of these economies, and that is something that monetary policy will also have to take into account. Um, so against that very challenging backdrop, um, looking at the individual country stories, I think uh, the market is going to become uh, even more careful about uh, uh, the communication that's coming from central banks and some of the signals that are being sent. 
Um, I think you know the best example of this is perhaps uh, in in Central Europe. Uh, we have um, a, quite a divergence uh, between the sort of three major central banks in the region. Um, we did have earlier uh, this year uh, an attempt at a pivot uh, from 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 these central banks, um, and in some cases uh, the jury is still out. In other cases, we already have evidence that um, this was premature. Uh, I'm thinking, of course, about Hungary in particular. Uh, where the central bank has now essentially admitted that uh, what they communicated to the market uh, earlier this year was uh, was a, a policy mistake. Um, they had tried to signal the end of the tightening cycle um, at a time where, of course, uh, U.S. inflation is still to peak. Uh, the Fed continues to to sound hawkish. The ECB is continuing to tighten policy. Uh, this sort of breakaway, decoupling, if you want, uh, from the Hungarians was always going to be difficult. Uh, in the event, uh, we did see um, uh, tremendous pressure on the uh, currency in particular, uh, which is uh, a major um, priority for the policymakers in Hungary. Um, and they've sort of had to retreat from that uh, particular uh, communication, and now they, they're essentially adopting a much more hawkish stance, uh, sort of suggesting that uh, they'll do de facto whatever it takes to, to protect the currency. Um, against that, you have you know big contrast with uh, the other two central banks in the region, uh, in particular the Czech Republic and Poland, uh, where the communication is, is a lot more uh, balanced, if not even outright dovish. Uh, the message is that uh, there is very little uh, central banks can do about inflation at the moment. Uh, for example, the Polish central bank uh, was very uh, clear in its communication in Washington, uh, suggesting to investors that uh, with two-thirds of inflation currently being driven by external factors, uh, there is uh, simply nothing the central bank c- could do to, to offset this. Uh, and any further rate hikes from current levels would only uh, exacerbate the economic pain down the line. Um, so we are seeing the, these attempted pivots in both cases, uh, especially in, in Poland. Um, but as I said before, uh, given the difficult outlook um, and the fact that uh, the peak in some of these cycles in, in developed markets seems to be pushed further further back, uh, maybe this is a little bit premature and, and, and I would expect the market to, to challenge some of these narratives. Um, so that is opening up a very interesting um, sort of differentiation between how these central banks are uh, approaching uh, the, the current stage of the cycle. Um, elsewhere, you know, we had um, similar um, narratives, but uh, a lot more um, responsible or prudent, uh, if I can call them that, uh, from from the likes of uh, the South African Reserve Bank uh, or indeed the National Bank of Romania, where there was uh, uh, sufficient uh, acknowledgement of the external risks and, and basically um, very much uh, an open-ended commitment to to continue to tighten uh, as and when necessary. Uh, of course, subject to domestic uh, price developments, that's by far the most uh, important factor, but uh, certainly not trying to force uh, this issue on, in terms of uh, ending the, uh, the uh, tightening cycle. Um, looking at uh, other regions, uh, again, very, uh, very much dependent on, on domestic idiosyncratic factors. You know, we have a divergence of, of outlooks for next year, which uh, I think will make uh, this space particularly interesting and attractive potentially for investors, uh, especially once we have the uh, eventual inflection point in U.S. inflation and the pivot from the Fed. Uh, we have, of course, Brazil, which has been by far the most sort of consensus uh, view, uh, and, and that's for very good reasons. You know, it has reached the end of its uh, cycle, um, and it does have uh, a potentially a lot of room to cut rates uh, into 2023. Um, so that is certainly top of the list, uh, not just in Latin America, but I would say uh, across uh, all of uh, emerging markets. Uh, but there are other stories uh, in the region. You know, Chile is another one where potentially we could see 
uh, a rate cutting cycle, uh, perhaps for very different reasons there, uh, maybe somewhat self-inflicted economic pain and, and uh, you know, the economic outlook being weak enough to justify uh, monetary policy easing. Uh, but again, that could be something that um, the market begins to pay more attention to uh, in the months ahead. Um, and then, of course, we have also uh, the likes of Colombia, where in theory there could be some room to cut rates, uh, but at the same time there are some uh, large economic imbalances which present a, a threat to the currency outlook and, and could stand in the way of the central bank actually delivering easing anytime soon. Um, finally, maybe just a quick word on, on Asia, uh, which is very much in the shadow of, uh, of, of China and the economic struggles there, as you mentioned yourself. Uh, I think, again, here we're seeing some uh, potentially very interesting stories um, where uh, growth uh, may well surprise on the upside. Uh, we're seeing you know, strong uh, recoveries in the likes of India and Indonesia. Uh, and concomitant with that, we also have uh, inflation pressures in those economies, uh, which means the central banks there will most likely continue to tighten policy to address these risks. Uh, but against that, we have the likes of um, Korea, for example, uh, that, uh, again, seem to be... Uh, running out of steam as far as the tightening process is concerned and maybe also thinking about uh, eventually uh, sort of going the other way over the coming months. So uh, to summarize, I think, you know, very challenging, a very challenging outlook for next year um, and perhaps uh, somewhat of a delay in terms of uh, when we see the pivot from major central banks. But in the meantime, we do have some emerging market central banks trying to uh, signal a potential pivot, trying to reflect the fact that they were uh, much earlier and much more aggressive in, in the tightening process, uh, and perhaps hoping to reap the rewards for, for that uh, initial um, uh, policy response uh, by considering uh, at least staying on hold, if not actually outright cutting rates at some, some, some stage later in 2023. Um, the outlook is also very challenging for external credit, of course, and I was wondering, Patrick, from your side in your meetings in Washington, uh, were there any stories in particular on that front that you uh, thought were interesting to highlight? Yeah, as you pointed, uh, Ati Vailo, uh, <clears throat> the opportunity set in external credit, I mean, I think is more limited, uh, being not compared to um, the local rates and FX setup, um, not least, uh, you know, given that... Um, uh, you know, many of the, uh, you know, higher yielding, you know, credit stories uh, are, uh, you know, growth proxies. I mean, that tend to underperform uh, in, uh, uh, you know, global cyclical downturns. Um, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, a strong dollar uh, is, uh, you know, the market equivalent of kryptonite, uh, you know, for, you know, hard currency credit. Um, and the fact that liquidity, I mean, has also, you know, been much more challenging uh, in, in dollar credit than, of course, it is in the uh, local space. Um, all that said, um, you know, there were, you know, a few idiosyncratic stories, I mean, that we think, um, uh, you know, are, are worth highlighting. Um, <clears throat> you know, one theme, you know, that, um, you know, uh, came in, you know, I think loud and clear, uh, you know, was uh, the, uh, you know, a higher uh, oil for longer theme, um, uh, you know, where the, you know, combination of, um, you know, significant underinvestment, uh, you know, in the, uh, you know, oil sector, uh, uh, you know, coupled with, um, uh, you know, geopolitical, uh, you know, supply shocks, um, you know, and demand that, you know, while schooling, uh, you know, will not actually, you know, suffer, uh, you know, outright destruction, uh, you know, is, is, is probably going to result in, um, you know, prices, you know, staying at current levels, uh, you know, over, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, the best part of, uh, you know, 2023 and beyond. Um, <clears throat> as such, um, you know, when, when looking at, uh, you know, oil exporting credits, I mean, one story that, um, you know, Strokers has, um, uh, you know, doing all the right things and, um, 
uh, and and we think uh, you know positioned for uh, you know rejuvenation uh, and uh, and renewed market sponsorship. You know if and when the global macro clears uh, is Angola. Um, you know which um, uh, you know continues to successfully diversify away from oil. <clears throat> you know has just completed uh, successful uh, you know three year uh, you know IMF program. Uh, you know continues to post um, uh, you know significant uh, you know primary surpluses uh, and uh, uh, and thanks uh, you know in in part to uh, you know, a, a decision to uh, allow you know significant currency appreciation, you know, up almost thirty percent year to date, making it one of the you know strongest uh, you know performing currencies um, you know across you know the entire investable universe. Um, you know, has seen its uh, you know debt ratios um, you know collapse. Um, you know, from uh, uh, you know effectively um, you know the equivalent of uh, you know one hundred and thirty percent. You know, just as recently as two years ago, to um, uh, below sixty percent. Um, you know, projected uh, you know by the end of uh, you know this year. Um, you know, having just gone you know through uh, you know an election. I mean that uh, you know marked the start of uh, you know new and final uh, you know five year term for you know President Joao Lorenzo. Uh, you know, we think that the table is set. Uh, you know, for uh, you know policy continuity, uh, you know that should uh, you know continue to result in uh, a fast deleveraging, and we think a structural re-rating. Uh, you know, with uh, you know ten-year bonds, you know still yielding uh, between thirteen and fourteen percent. <throat> uh, you know, we feel that this name uh, uh, you know presents uh, you know phenomenal medium and long ter- longer-term value. Um, you know, another theme. I mean, that came through. Of course, I mean, um, you know, was uh, um, uh, you know that of countries, uh, you know, looking to uh, you know proactively engage, uh, you know, with the IMF, um, you know, and negotiate new programs uh, that can both, uh, you know, provide strong policy anchors and, of course, uh, you know, new, uh, you know, external funding, uh, you know, as they, uh, you know, battle with, uh, you know, what is effectively a sudden stop uh, and, uh, you know, closed capital markets. Um, <clears throat> um, uh, both, uh, you know, Egypt and, and Tunisia. Um, you know, uh, have uh, you know either announced uh, you know new IMF programs or uh, are due to announce new IMF programs uh, you know very very soon. Uh, you know, Egypt, of course, is uh, you know one of the um, you know larger uh, you know emerging market debt markets. Uh, you know, was uh, you know very much uh, in focus uh, you know throughout the whole week. Um, I made indications, you know, that the you know authorities and the IMF, uh, you know, have um, uh, uh, you know thrashed out uh, you know an agreement um, <clears throat> on a new program that will uh, not be particularly you know sizable, probably somewhere between three and five billion dollars, uh, but that importantly, uh, you know, will uh, you know contain uh, you know policy conditionalities that should uh, you know introduce uh, you know greater effects uh, you know flexibility <coughs> uh, and uh, and effectively um, you know a, a much more orthodox, um, uh, you know, monetary policy mix. I mean, to accompany what has uh, been already been a very responsible, you know, fiscal policy mix, uh, and um, uh, you know, reduce uh, you know Egypt's uh, you know current account vulnerabilities uh, and its external funding needs, uh, you know, going forward. Um, another theme, uh, you know, that also uh, you know came through actually was the theme of um, uh, you know opportunistic uh, you know bond buybacks. Um, you know, in a context where uh, you know we have seen a collapse in bond prices. I mean, particularly in duration, um, uh, both uh, <coughs> uh, the Equatorians and the Angolans, um, you know, throughout our meetings, uh, you know, sounded out 
um, you know, the uh, you know possibility of conducting uh, you know debt buybacks in order to smooth out uh, you know their uh, you know debt service profiles and um, you know provide greater confidence to the market that they don't in fact need to uh, you know come to market um, uh, you know throughout this uh, you know challenging period. Um, uh, Ecuador, uh, you know, in particular, has been you know floating the possibility of um, uh, issuing uh, you know a guaranteed um, you know blue bond, um, you know uh, the proceeds of which uh, you know would uh, you know serve to um, you know buy uh, you know much of its uh, you know front and uh, you know bond structure um, uh, with the uh, savings that will be accrued uh, you know from uh, the price differential of effectively buying bonds at. Uh, you know, 30 to 50 cents on the dollar, uh, uh, you know, versus having to, uh, you know, pay them, uh, you know, at maturity going into a trust fund uh, that would, uh, you know, in turn, um, uh, you know, go to fund, uh, you know, e- ecological, uh, you know, initiatives and efforts uh, in the Galapagos Islands. Um, uh, effectively, uh, you know, taking a page out of the uh, Barbados textbook, which, um, uh, you know, structured a similar, uh, you know, operation, uh, you know, earlier this year. Um, so again, you know, amid all the, uh, you know, doom and gloom, um, you know, there were, you know, I think, uh, you know, a few themes, uh, you know, uh, you know, resilient oil exporters that are fundamentally sound and that are on a, you know, a re-rating path. Um, uh, you know, such as Angola, you know, countries, I mean, that are, uh, you know, proactively engaging with the IMF, you know, and looking to, uh, you know, solidify their, you know, policy anchors and find external pockets of liquidity, such as Egypt and Tunisia, um, you know, and countries that are, you know, using the current context, I mean, to, uh, you know, conduct opportunistic, uh, you know, buybacks, which could provide, um, you know, market support, such as Ecuador and Angola, um, you know, that we feel, uh, you know, should not necessarily be amiss. Um so with uh, being all that said, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Ivalo and I have covered, um, uh, you know, quite a bit of the world, uh, you know, trying to, you know, find some silver linings amid the, uh, you know, doom and gloom and some themes that, uh, you know, hopefully you'll find, uh, you know, interesting and that, um, uh, you know, can also, you know, serve you in good stead uh, in both the uh, near and medium term. Um, thank you very much uh, to all our listeners uh, again for, uh, you know, taking the time to, uh, you know, listen to our views. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions, uh, please do not hesitate uh, to contact our wonderful investor relations team.